Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I'm about to launch a brand new course called Kabbalah of Soulmates. I'll be doing it together with Netflix famous Aliza Ben Shalom. We're going to be doing six lessons. What is love? Is love enough? Does true love exist? Talking about Kabbalah, talking about soulmates, my two favorite topics. It's going to be five self-guided lessons, a beautiful workbook, and then three Zoom discussions so that together we can really uh, work through a lot of the ideas that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm excited because it's starting very soon, and I would love for you to sign up. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Hi, I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, and welcome to my Daily Torah Thoughts. Over the past years of being a Chabad rabbi in NDG, I've had the unique privilege of watching a number of converts to Judaism make this incredible, life-transforming, life-inspiring transition into being Jewish. It was an absolute honor to be there today for Denis Shish, who is now Yehuda Shish, and a huge mazel tov to him and Susie, and we're very proud that the world is one Jew stronger. Ending there today, I couldn't help but ask, why do the rabbis make conversion to Judaism so hard? There are many Jews who don't keep anything Jewish, yet rabbis demand full observance to become a Jew. Is that fair? Isn't religion all about belief? If you believe, you're in. If not, you're out. So why can't anyone who believes in the Jewish religion be considered Jewish? And why are those who don't believe and don't keep any of the Jewish practices still considered Jews? I think in order to answer this, we have to start with the word religion. Is Judaism a religion? Is that the right word to use? Religions generally start when one teacher spreads his teachings to many disciples. The people who accept these teachings are considered followers, and their common beliefs hold them together as a community. Moses didn't preach a religion to individuals. Moses was a populist, a civil rights leader who stood for empowerment of the people. He took his own people, who already had a common heritage, along with many who had decided to join that people and brought them to Mount Sinai. There at Mount Sinai, he brokered a covenant between a nation and God. And God said, I choose this nation to be my messengers of Torah light to the world. The nation said to God, whatever God says, we will do and we will obey. I think the Jewish people then are best described as the people of the covenant, meaning that they are a people because of a covenant. In Hebrew, a covenant is a brit. In this case, not a brit between two individuals, or even between an individual and God, as Abraham had made, but a brit between an entire nation and God. So, now let's replace religion with covenant and see what happens. The covenant is what defines us as a nation, not geographic vicinity, not language, not government, and not even culture. Even if we live in different countries, speak different languages, establish different leaders, and eat different foods, that covenant still bonds us. And most significantly, even if we stop keeping our obligations under that covenant or decide not to believe in it, the covenant endures. A covenant, you see, is a two-way deal. It takes two to make it and two to break it. Just because the people have let go doesn't mean God has. That's why it's called an eternal covenant. Because even if the people may be fickle, God doesn't change his mind. You see, so here's the difference. In a religion, you belong because you believe. In a Brit, in a covenant, 
or in Judaism, you believe because you belong. Believing is part of the covenant. So are all the mitzvot. It doesn't really matter whether you believe in that covenant or those obligations, or believe that God has obliged you, or even believe in God at all. You can't fight with history. You are part of this people by virtue of having been born into it. And that's who this people are and what this people do. A deal is a deal. Now let's talk about conversion. Let's say you weren't born into the Jewish people. Let's say you decide you want to enter into the same covenant as every other Jew. Well, if this was a religion, no problem. You would just accept upon yourself whatever beliefs and rights are expected of you, and you're in. That's what people generally mean when they talk about conversion. But this is a Brit, this is a covenant. To enter into God's covenant with the Jewish people, believing and doing is not enough. You need to become part of that people. How do you do that? So becoming Jewish is very much like becoming an American or a Canadian citizen. You can't come into a country and declare yourself a member. It's a two-way street. Aside from you choosing your country, the government of that country has to decide to accept you. The same is with Judaism. If you choose Judaism, you also need Judaism to choose you. Right? A covenant is a two-way deal. So you need to become what's called a ger. A ger is more than a convert. A ger literally means someone who has come to live among a people to which he or she was not born. A naturalized alien. That's how the ger is described in Torah. And how the process of becoming a ger is described in the Talmud. It says, a ger who comes to sojourn among us. By joining this people, the ger instantly becomes part of the same covenant to which the people are part. And although the most essential part of joining this people is to accept the same obligations of the covenant in which they are obligated, it is not by force of his or her acceptance that a ger is obligated. You know what the proof of that is? If the ger later changes their mind, it helps nothing. The ger is obligated no matter what, because he or she has now become a child of the covenant. I think that's one difference between citizenship as, of Judaism and citizenship of a modern country. You could always renounce your citizenship of a country. A Jew, however, is a member of an eternal covenant. Once in, there's no way out. So, in short, a ger is an adopted member of the Jewish family. In the words of the paradigm of all gerim, Ruth, the Moabite, your people are my people, your God is my God. The rituals of that adoption are the same as what the Jewish people went through at Sinai. Circumcision for males, immersion in a mikvah, and acceptance of all Torah obligations. The crucial element, however, is that all of these are to be supervised by a tribunal of learned, observant Jews, representing none other than God himself. Their job is not only to witness that the ger was properly circumcised and fully immersed in the mikvah, but also to ensure that the ger is duly cognizant of the obligations of the covenant into which he or she is entering. I think that's also another distinction between obtaining a citizenship of a country and joining the Jewish people. Citizenship is mostly associated with the attainment of rights and privileges, while Jewish citizenship, gerut, is principally concerned with the responsibilities that come along with those privileges. So if the ger wannabe learns of these obligations and feels that they are more than he or she bargained for, so be it. You don't have to be Jewish to be a good person and loved by God. 
if you believe in one God, if you keep God's laws, if you keep the seven laws of Noah, Judaism, as opposed to Jewishness, is not just for Jews. But if the convert does accept, then he or she is reborn as an eternal Jew, the same as any of us who was born into the covenant. The soul of a convert our sages taught stood at Mount Sinai. In at least one way, the convert is yet greater, because the convert is the lost child who has found his way home. Welcome home, Yehuda. Welcome home, all of you who have chosen Judaism. You truly inspire all of us. I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath. Have a fantastic day.